want to make a podcast spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free it's called spotify for podcasters and here's how it works spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer so no matter what your setup is like you can start creating today then you can distribute your podcast to spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard video podcasts are also available on spotify and when you want to take conversations with your family to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel so supported in the creation and distribution of my show. Spotify for Podcasters hosts masterclasses, office hours, and more to help creators develop and fine-tune their skills. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to 8020. Happy Monday. Happy last episode of June. It's wild that we've already had a month of 80-20 episodes. It's wild. So thank you so much for listening. This is incredible. I've had such a cool past month ever since we launched season two. It's just been just the feedback that I've gotten from you guys and the support and the listener base and you guys are just the freaking coolest. So I'm so glad that you're here today. This episode is by you, for you, essentially. Um, I asked you guys on Little Circle and I asked you guys on my Instagram as well to ask me questions, um, ask for advice, and you guys sent a lot of stuff in. So I'm not sure I'm going to be able to cover every single one, but I will cover as many as I can within the next 30 to 45 minutes or so. couple little administrative details before we get into it. Just want to let you guys know that next Monday, the 5th, um, I will not post a new episode of 8020 only because it's a holiday weekend. I'm going to be spending time with my family. I'm also kind of sick right now and I have a lot going on this week. I have a lot going on next week and I was always kind of planning on taking the 5th off um, just to kind of like reset and regroup and then get ready for a really cool month of July that we have ahead. So there will not be a new episode next Monday, but there will be one on the 1st of July. So first and then another one on the 8th. Is that right? Yeah. 8th. Okay. So yeah, just the 5th I'm taking off. Um, It's technically like July, 4th of July observed. So um, like in the corporate and like government world. So I'm just going to kind of follow that template and just take um, it off. So I hope that you guys um, enjoy the holiday weekend and have a fantastic 4th of July. If you guys are in the U.S. celebrating and I hope that you have fun plans and all that jazz. But there will be a new episode on the 1st that you guys do not want to miss. It is all about the four days of healthy habits challenge that you can get involved in. It starts the second week of July. It's four days long. And it's going to be absolutely incredible. And that episode is coming out on the 1st. You do not want to miss it. So be sure to subscribe to 8020 to get notified when I post. If you haven't picked up already, I post every Monday and Thursday. 
And if you guys do enjoy the show, please be sure to rate and review the podcast. That just helps out other potential listeners find the show within the podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify and all that. If you feel compelled to, please drop a rate and a review. I would really, really appreciate it. Like I kind of mentioned, I'm a little bit under the weather. All of a sudden last night, I just started to feel really stuffy. And I think that's because I've been going and going nonstop for pretty much the entire month of June. So if I sound a little bit like out of breath or if I sound a little bit congested, it's because I am and I can't breathe through my nose. So just wanted to let you guys know that that's the current situation. But the podcast doesn't sleep. This was an absolute non-negotiable for me today to record this episode. So we're doing it. We're here and we are doing the darn thing. This is Ask Lily number one of the Ask Lily series. This is going to be something that we do every month. So if you ever have a question that just pops into your head before I ask for the monthly questions, like post that little monthly post that says submit your questions, um, you can just DM me and just be like, hey, can you answer this in the next Ask Lily? And I'll put it on the list of questions. You definitely do not want to miss out on the next opportunity to ask me questions, so be sure to join the circle. That is where I post updates about the show. That's where you can connect with other listeners, and it's a platform just for 8020 podcast listeners. Then you also want to make sure that you're following my Instagram and the 8020 Instagram. Both of those will be linked in the show notes. So let's get on into it. The first question is coffee question mark good or bad for you it seems like everything is good for you and everything is also bad for you depending on who you talk to coffee has some really good health benefits but if you are trying to balance your hormones it's probably a good idea to cut back on the caffeine so i am actually cutting back on coffee i went all last week without drinking coffee i had a little bit today But I just didn't really like it, to be honest. I started, I took a couple sips and I just dumped it down the drain. I was like, I just don't really like this. I'm not sure if it's the heat and my body just wasn't interested in in caffeine because coffee is really dehydrating um, and I just needed water instead or if it's my colds or whatnot. But um, I've really been trying to cut back on caffeine. So that was the first coffee that I'd had in about a week I started accidentally going caffeine-free when I was in Indiana. I just didn't drink it because I just didn't need it. We also didn't have, like, the kind of coffee that I wanted um, at the house for a couple days, and we just never went to the store, so I just didn't end up drinking it, and I was just fine. And I think in the summer months, it's really important just to listen to your body because we have so much natural energy from the sun. So coffee is not necessarily necessary. So I am really trying to get my energy from alternative forms like movement to kind of lift me up and get me into an energetic space, um, meditation to make me feel energized, going for a walk in between items on my to-do list if I'm feeling like I'm kind of getting into that afternoon slump. Right now for me, I'm not going to label coffee as like good or bad because I'm probably come like fall or winter, I'm probably going to drink it again, but it really just depends on who you talk to, really just depends on your current situation. And I'm also going through the process of really trying to better understand my hormones and 
do exactly what I need to do to help balance them, which we can kind of talk about in another episode. Long story short, I'm cutting back on caffeine. Doesn't mean that you have to, but it's definitely something to look into. What are the three top natural products you are using at the moment? This kind of ties into also balancing my hormones. I've really been trying to switch over to natural products when I can. There are some products that I will not be using naturally only because they don't work. Natural deodorant has taken me a very, very long time to find one that works and I've been enjoying the brand Pretty Frank. Um, I will link it in the show notes if I can find it online, but that's the first one that I found that works. I have it in the flavor Charcoal Seaside flavor. I have it in the scent Charcoal Seaside and it's been working pretty well so far. The only downside I guess is that I have to reapply it more often than a usual deodorant that you would find at the drugstore but it does have better cleaner ingredients for you. A lot a lot a lot of beauty products that you can get at the store have harmful chemicals. I think a lot of times we don't really realize the potential harm that our products could be causing us. Like I mentioned before with the whole coffee thing I'm currently really trying to balance my hormones and um, items like fragrance that is added into like shampoos and deodorants, um, aluminums, ingredients in toothpastes and body washes, they can all disrupt your hormones. So I'm trying to slowly transition into more natural based products. So the natural deodorant is definitely one that I would recommend you're interested in testing that out i'm actually waiting for a natural like essential oil based candle to come in but i've really been enjoying doTERRA essential oils i really like the align and the anchor blends those are really nice if you want to kind of make your room smell any certain way and i've also been trying to use less plastic so that's not necessarily like one specific product i have been carrying around my water bottle with me non-stop I've been trying to use like glass containers instead of plastic baggies just because plastic once again can disrupt your hormones. So um, it's also better for the environment to just use like a glass container instead of like a plastic bag. So those are three switches that I've been making within the past few months that I have seen results from. Next question is how do you make sure that what you're putting into your body is good? I'm trying to eat better but I know a lot of foods are falsely advertised as healthy when they're actually just as bad. Okay so this is a great question. Same thing goes for products which I think is really important to note. Beauty products like we were just talking about just because something has a cool label that looks earthy doesn't mean that it's going to be good for you. I think when it comes to food your best bet is to eat as close to nature as you can. So foods that come in a package are not necessarily as good as foods that come from the earth. And these are foods that were grown in the ground or foods that used to have a face. So think like fish, chicken, depending on what you prefer on your plate. I know we have some paleo people listening, we have some vegans listening, so you know, take without what you wish. A great example is this. I follow a gluten-free diet. Not everything that is labeled gluten-free is going to be healthy, but there are a lot of naturally occurring gluten-free foods like vegetables and fruits and animal proteins, nuts, seeds. Those are all examples of gluten-free foods that just occur naturally. So you don't necessarily need something that is labeled gluten-free. Like you don't necessarily need a gluten-free cookie, whereas I can make a gluten-free cookie, I'm using quotes, gluten-free cookie at home with almond flour instead of regular flour 
and I can make it vegan by not adding eggs. So just because something's labeled as a health alternative doesn't mean that it's healthy. I think the more you learn about reading nutrition labels and understanding ingredients, this process gets a lot easier. So I would recommend that you do a little bit of research as far as how to read a nutrition label and more importantly, how to understand the ingredients section of a nutrition label when we're talking about processed foods. If you're buying a cucumber at the grocery store, the only ingredient is going to be a cucumber. It's pretty obvious. But if you're in the snack aisle and you're looking for a gluten-free cracker, it's important to flip the bag around and see if the cracker is just made of nuts and seeds that you can pronounce or if there's added gums and added preservatives that you don't necessarily know the name of. A good rule of thumb is the shorter the ingredient list, the better. And the more foods that are used as ingredients the better off you're going to be. So if you're shopping for almond milk, you're going to be a lot better off when you buy an almond milk that's made of almonds and water versus an almond milk that's made with gelatin gum and sugar and added flavors. Natural flavors is interesting because there's no regulation around the term. So anybody can slap the phrase natural flavors on the ingredient label and it could mean quite literally anything. It can mean vanilla extract or it can mean a combination of a bunch of chemicals that make it taste like vanilla. You really have no way of knowing and these companies are not held accountable for letting you know what's really in it. So just a couple things to think about when you are doing your grocery shopping and the closer to nature that you can eat, the better off you will be. Next question is advice for someone wanting to start a podcast, where to start, tips, tricks, etc. My best piece of advice for you is to just start. We all have a built-in microphone on our phone. Same thing with people who ask how to start a YouTube channel, you have a camera right on your phone. So if you go to the Voice Memos app, you can start recording there and start your podcast. A great platform to host your podcast is Anchor. That's the one that I use and I absolutely love it. It's free. You don't have to pay per episode like a lot of other platforms. Um, and Anchor is owned by Spotify, which is kind of nice. The best way to learn about podcasting is by doing it. And there's nothing that I could tell you that experience wouldn't teach you. You just got to start, figure out what you want to talk about, maybe um, create a list, a running list even, of podcast ideas, like topics that you want to talk about, and just start. Start talking, get comfortable talking to a microphone, make sure that you are talking in a natural voice that people would probably want to listen to. I think a lot of times people have like a camera voice or like a mic voice, and while that's okay, it's a lot better if it's just as if you and I are having a conversation, so something to think about as well. Um, I think too, when it, in terms of growing your platform, the best thing that you can do is be consistent. And that's a mistake that I made when I first started is that I wasn't super consistent. I wasn't necessarily committed and I wasn't always excited about what I was talking about. And so now I'm making the show one of my, basically my top priority. I'm committed to two episodes a week and I genuinely love what I'm talking about. I've kind of found my voice and I definitely found what works for me. You just gotta jump in head first off the deep end and figure out what works best for you. As far as like equipment goes, I record on my um, MacBook Pro and I use Final Cut to edit, which is the software that I also use to edit my videos. I have the Yeti podcast mic. Would you ever consider quitting social media and why? 
it's definitely crossed my mind to be completely honest with you guys social media is a very interesting place to be it's a very wild ride it's not necessarily natural you know I think always having access to your job can become really toxic and I have felt really burned out with YouTube for a really, really long time. That kind of got to a point where it was really unhealthy. Always having other people's opinions of you can also become really, really unhealthy. And I don't think that a lot of people give influencers, YouTubers, social media people enough credit for what they do. I hear a lot of times... Um, influencers like apologizing for being able to like work for themselves or being able to take a vacation and like vlog it and like that will like the vacation could essentially like pay for itself because they're vlogging it and a lot of bloggers and instagrammers and whatever they always apologize for having that freedom and having that capability but it's like you worked your butt off in order to get to that place i think that there's a lot of misconceptions in the influencer world and i think Yes, it's becoming more and more common as a job, as a career path, um, as a way to really sustain yourself if you are successful, but it's also a lot of work and I think it's really, really mentally and emotionally taxing on people to essentially put their lives online for everyone to see. Like, your job is your life. There's no walking away from it because everything's contentable and it's just such a weird dynamic and it kind of messes with you psychologically sometimes and it's weird because like you have to set boundaries but then when you do sometimes people get upset with you because you're not sharing as much as you once did and I don't know it's a very weird space and I feel like because it's so new there's really no regulations around it there's no like social media etiquette that people follow and it's so easy to just create a burner account with no profile picture and go tell someone that they're like literally the worst I just don't understand how and why people do that but they do I don't know I feel like I'm going on a tangent now but yeah I mean stopping posting has definitely crossed my mind I've kind of naturally fallen into a different career path. This time last year, I still considered myself like a full-time content creator, but now I consider myself a health coach. So I don't really feel like I fall into that content creator, influencer, YouTuber category anymore. I just feel like there are boxes that you have to check that, that make you part of that category that I don't check. And I also think that with the career path that I'm going down and with my health coaching business taking off like it did, I'm having more of like a, a switch. So I'm not saying that like I'm quitting social media, I'm just transitioning and that's kind of that where I'm coming from. I don't think that I'll ever fully stop doing social media because I love it. Like I started my YouTube channel for a reason, but I'm just not sharing the same things that I used to. And I think there is like a camp of people who still love my content and um, and I'm so grateful for the group of people that love my content no matter what and that have shifted with me. But I think that there are also a lot of people who are still interested and looking for like the college content that I just cannot offer because that's not the person that I am anymore. That's been kind of hard for me, like watching this transition and like I've changed so much, but people want me to be the old me, but I just can't be. Um, so that's another weird thing about social media because 
you only see certain things you only see like 10 minutes out of a person's 24-hour day and so you don't really truly know what they're going through you don't really truly know what their head where their head's at you only know what they show and not everybody is willing to nor can everybody truly show everything So I don't know, social media is a really weird place and I've just, I've had so many conversations with like other content creators and friends and we all just kind of agree that like social media is a a really cool place, but it's also kind of fake in a way. I don't know. Like I try to be so authentic, but it's just not real life and and it never can be. I don't know, just some, some stuff to think about. How do you feel about the increasing pressure to monetize every passion or hobby that you have? What are your opinions and experiences related to pursuing something creative in the TikTok age of viral videos and fleeting relevance? Okay, quite the question there. I think that everybody with an entrepreneurial mindset has some sort of side hustle or passion project or or interest in hopefully making money off of what they love to do one day or what they love to create one day. Um, And then relevance in the age of viral videos. I think people's attention spans have been lowered and people want quick content. They want quick answers. They want that instant happiness. If you guys have ever watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, I think you totally should. But one of the um, experts who talks about social media, I forget his name, but he says that social media is similar to like a slot machine at a casino. Like you're constantly refreshing the page just to see what you might get um, on your feed. And it's an addiction in a sense. And it definitely can become addicting just to constantly be connected and constantly see what other people are up to. And then checking the comments too can be really addictive for people. I think it's tough for people to create their own opinions about things nowadays. So checking the comments is a very quick way for people to be told what to think, which is really scary. On TikTok, for example, I mean, I don't have TikTok. I got rid of it a long time ago just because I wasn't really interested in the platform. I kind of just, I don't know, it's just not really for me. Quick entertainment, quick happiness is, is what the masses essentially want. And I'm not really into that, so that's why I'm not on TikTok. I create reels sometimes if I have something fun to share with you, like a recipe where it's easy to kind of show you how to make your smoothie in a quick little 10 second video um, or like clips from the past few days if I'm not vlogging and I just kind of want to show you what I'm up to, I'll make a reel, but I don't know, it's just social media is weird. What are your favorite books specifically in the terms of holistic health? I really love the book Smart Plants by Julie Morris. If you're interested in learning about how foods impact the brain and that essentially can impact your academic performance, can impact your memory, can impact your energy levels, can impact your attention span, I highly, highly recommend picking up this book. It's super easy to read. She puts it in really simple terms and there are actually a lot of recipes in the back that are really yummy. So, I recommend checking that book out. I've also been reading the book Women Code by Elisa Vitti, and that book has really catapulted me into wanting to learn more about women's health and hormones and potentially like going down that path as far as kind of like a niche for my own health coaching business just because all of us have really fucked up hormones just because of 
the toxic beauty products that we use. You know, maybe all of us have really short attention spans now because we eat too many processed foods. And then that goes back to the book, Julie Morris's book. Um, so yeah, I just, everything's so, so much more interconnected than you ever thought it was when you start learning about the body and the mind and then your soul. So I would definitely recommend those two books if you um, are interested in learning about how food impacts your body, mind, and soul. Next question is, I'm heading into college and I'm not sure if I want to rush in a sorority. Is sorority life good? Is it fun? Is it bad? I'm really interested to know your personal experience. I don't think I ever like really truly talked about, I guess, like why I left DePaul. Um, if you guys aren't really familiar with my story, about a year and a half ago, I went to a very small liberal arts school in Greencastle, Indiana, and I was in a sorority, and I was so excited to rush. I was so happy to finally find a group of like-minded women, a group of people who were interested in the same things that I was interested in, who were going to be like my lifelong sisters, my bridesmaids, and it ended up not being anything like I thought it was going to be. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be what you want it to be. I think a good idea would be for you to go to college, kind of feel it out, and then maybe rush second semester or maybe rush as a sophomore because so many people do that and I think it's a really good idea to kind of get a feel for the school, get a feel for maybe even the houses and then kind of go from there. Like we rushed second semester at DePaul and it kind of sucks because it's like I already knew about the sororities and so I was like really set on getting into this one sorority and then I didn't get in and so I was involved in a different sorority and it just never I, I really didn't connect with the girls on the level that I had hoped and a lot of the policies and rules and just being a part of the organization as a whole just really was not my cup of tea. I think Greek life is interesting in the fact that you know, you're supposed to be like best friends with these girls. And I think a, a lot of it is really just focused on like getting the next round of girls for recruitment, kind of like a pyramid scheme. So I don't know. It really is what you make it. Unfortunately for me, I was not able to make the best of my experience um, because very quickly my mental health was not good. I'm a very introverted person and being constantly surrounded by 60 other people was the worst possible thing that could have ever happened to me. It spiraled my anxiety out of control. I was really depressed. Um, I remember one time I was sitting in class and I was just typing on my computer and in this class like you weren't supposed to have computers open. Um, but everybody already did it anyway, so it was just kind of, I don't know, it was a weird way, like, I got singled out, but, like, the professor just looked at me and was like, Lily, please shut your computer. Like, that just set me over the edge. I, this was, like, towards the end of the semester, like, when things got really, really bad, and, um, and I just, it set me over the edge in this full-blown panic attack. I just, like, grabbed my stuff, and I just walked down the hall to the bathroom, and I just was, like, sitting sitting in the bathroom having like a full-blown panic attack and that's truly the moment when I was like okay I, I cannot do this anymore this is not working out for me I just I can't be here and this was probably like a week or two before finals I think things would have been different if I didn't live with 60 other girls but that's just part of being in a sorority I think a lot of times that's kind of what you have to do people are 
a lot of times required to live in the house for a certain amount of time depending on your school so just something to look at too I think that there are a lot of things that you don't really know until you're in it because obviously it's hard to know from an outsider's perspective what it's really like and then through recruitment they're they're only going to show you the good stuff um not the bad stuff not the like sister rivalries or anything like that because those are very very real things in sorority life so I don't know I mean I hope that you don't have an experience like mine but the more and more girls that I talk to or friends that go off to college and then drop their sororities like a lot of people do have experiences that have been similar to mine which sucks because I was so excited to join a sorority like it still breaks my heart to think about the fact that like as a little 18 year old going into college I was so excited and like if she knew going into it that she wasn't going to be involved for longer than a year her heart would be so broken because I was so excited and I wanted it to be so fun for me so badly but that just was not the case that's my perspective I can only speak to my perspective and I'm not going to sugarcoat things because I I don't know well I kind of did sugarcoat things so I don't necessarily mean to scare you but I also don't want you to think that it's always going to be sunshine and rainbows and glitter and butterflies because a lot of times it's like getting fined because you didn't show up to chapter and like dumb shit like that. I do think however there are some benefits as far as like networking. You do have an opportunity to meet women um, at a when you're going into college it can feel really scary and really lonely so being placed into an organization it's kind of like having a built-in group of women who could potentially be your friends so that's exciting. Um, And you also have the opportunity to be involved in something that's bigger than yourself. A lot of sororities are involved in philanthropies. That's one thing that I really enjoyed about mine um, was that we were involved in a philanthropy that I felt strongly about. I don't know, it's just important to really find a group of women that you align with. And I don't think that the recruitment process allows you to have genuine conversations with women that you align with. Next question is, how do I get over someone that I never dated? This is good. This happened to me a lot in high school. I really liked to have crushes on guys and then kind of like come up with like the perfect like dream guy scenario in my head and think that they were something that they weren't and then we would never date and then I would just be sad because in my head I kind of like worked up this scenario that we were going to work out and whatnot and we never did. I think a lot of times, especially if you've never dated someone, if it was just a crush or if you guys kind of had like a weird friends with benefits dynamic or something like that a lot of times you've kind of dreamed up this perfect scenario in your head so it might be this false reality that you've created with this person in your mind that never really existed and I will say that guys don't really think like that they really don't and I didn't really understand the male mind until I dated or I am dating my current boyfriend and I've kind of realized that guys and girls brains operate on a completely different wavelength and guys most of the time don't I don't know they just they can move on a lot faster they don't get as attached and you know I mean I've met some girls that are like that too but I think a lot of times girls typically do get more excited and then they kind of jump to conclusions and then we get attached and it's not necessarily a bad thing but it can do us dirty sometimes so my advice to you would be to kind of take a step back and try to 
pay more attention to the things that were wrong with this person than the things that were right with this person. And not to the point where like you absolutely hate their guts because that's not a good emotion to have. But if you've, if you're trying to get over this person and you never dated them, what did they do wrong that made you guys never date? So I don't know if it was you or if it was him, but for some reason you guys never truly got together and there's probably a reason for that. It's probably for the better. So whether you realize that this person isn't who you thought that they were or maybe they decided to go off and be with someone else, you can't be stuck on what you did wrong, but rather just think about, okay, if this person decided to be with someone else, they're probably better off that way because they know themselves better than I did you know so you can't be mad at this person for not wanting to necessarily be with you because if you guys never ended up together then you were never meant to be it's like a mind game though because you have to figure out how to kind of manipulate yourself into not liking this person anymore and it's going to take time but I really just think that you have to kind of take a step back and focus on the reasons why you guys didn't end up being together and hopefully that will kind of help you see why you guys didn't work out. I also think this is the perfect time to turn to your friends and have fun with them, go out with them, maybe go on dates with other guys. I don't really know but just take this time to have fun and don't keep checking up on this person. Delete them, block them on everything, block their number. Do what you can to physically keep yourself from getting in contact with this person and then just go have a blast with your friends. Thank you for listening to this episode of 8020. If you enjoyed it, please let me know by dropping a rate and a review. This helps more people just like you find and listen to the show. Don't forget to follow me, Lily, on Instagram. My username is at LilyRako, that's L-I-L-Y-R-A-K-O-W, and follow the podcast Instagram page as well, which is 8020pod, that's 8020pod on Instagram. New episodes of 8020 go live every Monday and Thursday, or subscribe to stay up to date with the latest.